Know any good psychics in the area? We need to connect with some better buddies. Hello, and welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, we've got Calvin. Maybe we don't have Calvin. And James. Um, hello. Do we think Calvin died? I don't yes. know. I oh, there it is. Oh, Calvin. I, James, I hear Calvin speaking to me from beyond. I, I'm going to channel Ooh, him now. I'm a ghost. What is he saying? He's saying, that's a cue. Oh, my God. Calvin, that's I, don't a cue. I don't speak on cue. <laughs> <laughs> My God! At least this man has principles, even if he's dead. <laughs> Is there anything Calvin, you want to ask? You need principles spirit? even more. <laughs> what's the afterlife like, Cal? What's a what, what do you get to do? What do you, who do you get to hang out with? Honestly, it's more of the same, which is that's just not, even more depressing. That's not. I mean, that's not. I guess like too bad. That's better than. Is it? It is better than certain alternatives. Is it? I mean, is it? It's all about looking on the bright side. But I guess if you're dead, that's hard. Uh, who am I to Just say? Just gotta look on the bright side of life. Yeah, <laughs> always, all the time. Like Even if you're says. I've heard. Hell yeah! Our better buddies icebreaker this week. What's a movie that you really like that people don't generally associate with men's tastes? Oh, I got to think about this. I know. I so have far. One. Go. I I'm a big fan of like um like Jane Austen. Okay. Uh, I actually really like um I like the like mid two thousands adaptation um for Pride and Prejudice. Really? Um, I actually kind of do. It's got Keira Knightley in it. It's got well, that's why you like <laughs> it. That is one of the reasons why I like it. She plays Elizabeth Bennet. She does a very good job. It's got um, Rosamund Pike in it, who is uh, the main girl in Gone isn't Girl. It Rose, isn't it Rosamund? Is it Ro- I thought it was Rosamund. I always say Rosamund, but I would not be surprised if it was Rosamund. I, I don't know if I've ever heard her say her own name. That's also fair. Um, no, it's got uh, Carrie. Um, always? No, Carrie, she was in Drive. Um, she was also Daisy in the Great Gatsby reboot. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, what? What's her fucking face? Um, I, I feel so bad because I've seen her in, in quite she's a so bit. Good. Um, she is. Uh, but a lot of people are in the movie. Um, there, I do have certain issues with it as like a fan of Jane Austen, like a big fan of Jane Austen. There are definitely like parts where it's like, uh, like, it doesn't feel like you guys like actually tried with dialogue. Carrie like it Mulligan. feels like Carrie Mulligan. That's it. That's her. Um, no, but I, 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 I like the movie. I think it's like very cute. I'm very into um, those kind of like, uh, like the romance movies that actually try to like say something about romance instead of just like tread beat for beat, kind of the same things we've seen. And you, you really can't get better not just with romance, but in my opinion, you can't really get better with storytelling in certain cases more than Jane Austen. So quite a bit. I like, I like movies uh, and books like that uh, quite a bit, but that's definitely oh. something that a lot of guys would be like, uh, call me the, call me the F word or at least think it. So 
Uh, it is what it is. Well, I think I'll go next. Good, because I'm still thinking. And to be fair, it's one I've talked about before, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it. But I just go Moulin Rouge. Oh, hell yeah. Like That's a good answer, yeah. As, as fun, like It's not like the most girliest girly of a musical or anything, but it's a musical, which is... Musicals are generally not associated with quote-unquote men's tastes. Um, and then it is a love story as well, which is also generally not part of the quote-unquote men's tastes. And yeah, I think it's just a very kind of... It's an out-there film to begin with, so yeah. The Moulin Rouge. I, I love um, the Like a Virgin oh. um, sequence is like genuine it's it's so wonderful like it's so um well, it's like got, goofy i think the thing that makes that sequence is it's got that middle turning point where it starts off with the one dude who's like own who quote, is like in charge of the moulin rouge is trying to convince the duke like hey she want like she wants you she's gonna be with you she, like she, you make her feel that like pure and she like wants to be that close to you but then halfway through the duke kept, like agrees with the idea and the owner of the moulin rouge is like oh shit he actually is into this i don't like where this is going anymore no yeah because he's trying to like turn him off like persuade him away and then like uh yeah then the guy basically starts like pursuing him like in the context of the song or whatever um it's just such a well, especially for, um, I can't believe I can't remember that guy's name, Baz Luhrmann, yeah. like, whose films are usually so, like, <clears throat> very exaggerated. Um, that scene, weirdly enough, feels both very obviously, like, exaggerated, like the rest of his stuff, like, very out there. But also, it's, like, kind of perfectly tonally done. Like, it feels very, like... It sounds odd to say. It feels very well acted. It feels very oh, it like uh, that's not a scene like, you can yeah. do and not have not do well. It, it, it doesn't yeah. work otherwise. No, because the actors were like trying, but they also clearly like reined it in. Like there is something going on behind the performances, like subtextually, that makes them interesting to watch. So I'd say the that's difference, a, like, and you can actually notice it in the film itself, is the spectacular spectacular song where they first used to like tell the Duke the story they're going to tell and why they need him to finance it. Yeah. Uh, compare that to the like a virgin sequence and like yeah. spectacular spectacular is supposed to be kind of over the top and cheesy and played up because <laughs> like they're made it's, they're supposed to make it up on the fly, but it still mm -hmm. is kind of just so fast and hard and quick and bamboozle you with bullshit that it almost like just kind of melts off your brain. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. Cause it's like, if I'm remembering correctly too, like it is made, like you said, it's made up off uh, like on the fly and the whole like draw of these types of people, these types of characters is that they will like spin bullshit, but then they like, because they're such like quote unquote, like artists, like they end up falling in love with the bullshit that they've like spun. So they end up like getting really into it, which is like, the whole fun part of that movie is it's about doing something that is like inherently like ridiculous and absurd and just quite frankly, like stupid and then falling in love with those same quality, those like same reasons. So yeah, it's a, it's a good film. That's a, that's a good choice. And there's at least one gun. 
Yes. So it is still somewhat, still somewhat manly. We've still got some, some, something there. Um, also, Nicole Kidman. I mean, oh, my yeah. God. And Ewan McGregor. And you, are you kidding me? His little sobbing uh, writer boy. Oh, my God. You can't get any better. Eat your heart out, Tom Cruise. The ro- also, the version of Roxanne is just so damn good. It is. Well, I can't remember. What, what what's can't you the, remember, James? What, what's the one where they, um, it's like he's, wa- is it the, is Roxanne the one where he watches like a group of the people like start to dance in the empty yeah. theater? It's like, is that the Roxanne bit? Because yep, I remember really. So they've got the theater like kind of emptied out for the day and everybody's just kind of waiting to find out like, because uh, the main girl, what's her name? Can't remember off the top of my head, but she goes to like have dinner with the duke and it's kind of their last ditch effort of like if she can please the duke we're good and saved and we're all just kind of sit up we're gonna sit here and sit up and wait to hear the news and that's when like they start da- doing roxanne and dancing and is also when Ian mcgregor's character like walks outside and sees her on the balcony with the duke and is like oh shit she's like she's going through with it she's into it she's like she's caught call- she really is cutting me off um, I'm out of here. I'm done. This is this is done, though. But, Calvin, have you thought of a movie that you really like that people don't generally associate with men's tastes? And is it Ponyo? It's either. I've never seen Ponyo. Um, no, but that kind of leads me down where I was thinking. I can't think of any live action films that would be kind of in that stereotypical not male genre, mm-hmm. but. It, but it, that kind of brought me to anime because I like actually. I uh, is he dead? Hang on, I'm gonna fine. try and connect with him psychically again. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, channel him. Uh, oh, did I drop out? Yeah, just Hello? just for a Hello? second, you did. Yeah. Okay. Re, uh, yeah, retread what you were saying. Why would the internet that I pay for actually be worth anything? <laughs> um. So where did I drop out? You were saying, um, you, so not live action, but you were saying because you are into like anime, there's some stuff that you see. Yeah. Like yeah. It. So yeah. I, li- I like a lot of rom com animes, and rom com is typically more suited with like a more feminine genre. But it's mm-hmm. weird when it comes to anime because even, because just anime as a whole is geared more towards like, guys so even the rom-coms i feel like aren't full on like in the sense of especially a western kind of style rom-com that you think of they tend to have i think more of appeal to um all to just everyone but then also just the anime industry as a whole is mainly dominated by guys in the art and the writing so even the rom-coms are st- kind of geared towards more guys so yeah. i don't I, I i don't know that i have much of an answer on paper it would sound like a bunch of the animes that i'm into would be but in reality i don't know question what about your name no i think that has mass appeal to everyone that see but that's that's also my point mm-hmm. on paper that sounds like something that if it was a live action movie in the west you would think that would be a more um feminine oriented uh stereotypically uh oriented film but because of how it's done as an anime i think 
it's it changes to once again being more oriented towards anime fans who stereotypically are all guys. That's fair, and I think it's definitely. I would argue. And I just want to preface that we're completely talking about in stereotypes here. Oh yeah, like and obviously I'm, that was there's what I was exceptions about to, get into, to all this. Was I think that you're like you're right, but I would say it also is kind of bucking the stereotype a little bit of what's considered like quote unquote men's taste because even at least as far as, far as like five years, five to ten years ago goes, anime unless it was like Dragon Ball Z was not considered the most manly of things to be entertaining yourself with. So, well, I'd say it was considered nerdy, but I guess I, I was, ta- I was framing your question as more masculine versus feminine as mm-hmm. opposed to manly man versus nerdy man. Mm-hmm. Cause in that way I would accept that anime has changed from that more weak kind of nerdy kind of appeal to a more generalized, um, audience, but um, I, w- I would still say that while on the surface, like what I'm talking about with the rom-com would have a more maybe feminine in a Western, stereotypical Western mind would have a more feminine appeal to it. When you get into the genre, it is more masculine because almost there's a ton of like guys that watch rom-com uh, anime. So I think... If it depends on your frame of reference, because if you're looking at it from that Western view side, then I would say that is the most femi- like stereotypical feminine thing that I enjoy. But if you're actually in the genre, in no way is it feminine. Okay, interesting. Yeah, <clears throat> well, it's tough too because, like, stereotypically, like even going back to, <clears throat> like, it's even rare in like more popular even older series like an anime to find unless it is something like dragon ball it's rare to find uh a what the west would consider like a prototypically like masculine figure like a lot of the anime like protagonists i don't know like an archetypal anime protagonist would be like shinji from like neon genesis and he's like like i hate him archetypally like not western like he's he's a very like quote unquote effeminate or like um weak or like boyish which is like the whole arc supposedly of his character um but then you have to be fair like in the same genre you've got like spike from cowboy bebop though to also be fair that show was intended for western audiences and it was made specifically to appeal to the west hence spike's character um but I also agree with Cal from like the limited like anime that I have seen, even the more like rom-com style stuff definitely still has like the closest my friend Calvin would have been able to come to is unless he's ever watched something like, uh, what is that? Like haiku or free. And he just hasn't told us yet. Cause those I are- don't, I haven't <laughs> seen any of those. I'm not a sports <laughs> anime guy, but it did get to mind. As we mentioned last week, I actually really like Seraph of the end, which is apparently a big, that's uh, has a large female audience, so maybe that's the most feminine thing that I like. <laughs> that's an no. That's an entry point into it for sure. You you haven't watched um, what what's the what's the most fucking uh, the uh, ice skating one? Yuri on ice. Yuri oh, on geez. ice. You haven't watched that one? No, I have not. Damn, you gotta Still get sport, it's your... a sports anime. I don't watch sports anime. Well, Wait, you don't yeah, watch the uh, volleyball anime. Uh, yeah, you don't want to. That's like you. 
you don't want to watch cute boys rolling around on the floor with each other or whatever they do in those sports? You don't want I don't to... like watching live action sports. I'm not going to watch <laughs> fake anime sports. Yeah, but anime not... sports hey, has I'm more not... drama. Fair. <laughs> and longer. But sometimes it also doesn't, which is why a lot of people like those. <laughs> fair. Yeah, well, but also to be fair, like, there's a large uh, crowd that likes them because it is, like, one of the very few, like, as far as I'm aware, like, elements of, like, anime markets uh, whatever you want to call or like the men are shot like gratuitously and like supposedly like unawares as opposed to the reverse fair what about jojo oh wait um (laughs) are you talking about kadoa shojo no jojo jojo's a bizarre adventure that is the manliest manly man of shows ever they're all manly men who do manly man things yeah, I'd say because of that, like, it's like, I don't know. That's also an interesting question because as far as I'm aware, it's um, the, the character- fandom is something else. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, like almost Lynchian. Like Jojo is like an anime that became like that, like grew up watching. I don't know. It's really hard to describe. It's very self-aware, but in a way that is like beyond like self-awareness. Um I don't know. Like, also, it'd be difficult because I, I would think that those characters in JoJo's would be what. Um, excuse me for using hyper online slang as an old uh, man. I do believe that like many of those characters in JoJo's would be classified as what is now referred to as himbo, as uh, uh, yes, very handsome, dumb men uh, who are dumb and handsome, and that's their kind of like purpose in life. Um, obviously, uh, not an unenviable position. But I do think that so yeah, I, I'd say Unlike there's us, a bit of whereas we're just dumb. Yeah, we can. Well, we're dumb and dumb, dumb, charming. <laughs> yeah, debatable. Our podcast numbers we, say otherwise, but that's fine. Well, well, I mean, to be fair, Jay, you know, the, the, it's sometimes the most charming thing is to be unpopular because that just means you're cool. Does it? You don't really understand how this works, do you? RJ, popularity is overrated. If the masses knew what they wanted, we wouldn't have McDonald's. Isn't that exactly why we have McDonald's? Because the masses wanted it? They don't. They don't want. Well, maybe they do. <laughs> Let me. Uh, I, there's a better way to say that. If the masses knew what they wanted, they'd eat less McDonald's. How about that? But. Uh, what if I'm, I want to eat McDonald's? Yeah. They want well, to eat McDonald's. It, well, now we're coming to the. Now we're calling into question is how much about what you know and how much do you not i feel like it's more a question of how much are your wants and desires actually fueled by yourself versus the external forces acting upon your soul and mind that's essentially the same thing yes aka advertising that's the study yeah of. that's kind of the purpose <laughs> that's kind of the whole motherfucking point well our next segment better buddies recommend where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy does anyone want to go first? I've got one. By all I'm means, not... take the floor. Metaphor Thank you, sir. I am, um, oh shit. I guess, um, I, I am going to recommend, uh, have I recommended Pride and Prejudice before? Not the movie, but the book. I don't remember. I don't know if I have. I'm no, going to do this. Anyways. You can always I recommend the zombie the... one. I <laughs> I actually haven't seen the zombie movie, and I haven't read this zombie uh, book either. Um, 
I should, uh, now that I've read the original. Finally, I finally finished uh, Pride and Prejudice. It literally, I have stopped and started that book multiple times. Uh, it took me like maybe four or five months, which it should not have taken me that long. I'm just like a slow and at times very like unmotivated or unattentive reader. But I absolutely loved it. I love Jane Austen. Like she might be one of my favorite um like artists ever. I think she is great. I think her writing is fantastic and insightful and like very um like colorful in in a uh, way. Um and uh I cannot recommend Pride and Prejudice uh, enough. I I would say it is it is dense. Um, if Miss Austin could have used one thing, it would have been an editor. Um, mm -hmm. But other than that, she is not lacking really in any qualities that I that that bear like enough weight to really mention. I, I absolutely loved the book, and when I have enough stamina again, I cannot wait uh, to to read another one of hers. Uh, Pride and Prejudice is uh, is the one with Mister Darcy. That is correct. Yep. It's it follows basically like two like uh, this woman named Elizabeth Bennett, this young girl who is like the second oldest in a family of like four or five other sisters and her mom and dad uh, who live in this kind of like average uh, country manor in the English uh, in the English countryside. And one day at a ball, um, she meets this very tall and stern and like austere man named Mr. Darcy. And uh, because she is very like witty and very um, insightful and self to be above um, the kind of like stuffy parts of like the society she finds herself in. She kind of uh, immediately clashes with him and he clashes with her because he is very like um, not bought into the social structure, but he believes in having a sense of like reservation and propriety and, and some kind of dignity. And the two of them meet, recurringly throughout the book and there are discussions of like what does it mean to love somebody what are the relationships between men and women in public and private like how do they influence each other and like ultimately like how do you determine who you'll be happiest with um wow and it's a wonderful novel it is a wonderful book i could not recommend it enough all right i'll add it to my summer reading list you absolutely should, sir. Hopefully I'll get a uh, personal pan pizza out of it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Do they do that for adults, too? I wish. They should. I get so many pizzas, dude. So I think many. you just get the one when you finish. I would... You can't, I, you can't I, prestige in it. I'd eat the That'd hell out of it. That'd be such a cool thing, though, if you can prestige in pe book it pizzas. Keep getting pizzas. If you oh, get fuck. enough book it pizzas where you have to prestige, at the end of the prestige round, you get a, just a full pizza. That'd be so dope. You don't get any rewards along the way, though. Oh, that'd be so good. And every time you prestige, you get a larger pizza. Oh, see, now that's incentive. But, of course, you have yeah, to read see, more books would, every time. Yeah, but people would lie about the number of books they read. No. The people who would actually participate in this program wouldn't continue long it enough it would be people that just want free pizza no i think what would yes. happen <laughs> no. what would happen eventually what you would hope is a, a an economy of skill or meritocracy would begin to develop where like what you do is you graduate yeah. right yeah so what happens is if you want to keep leveling up you got to read bigger and harder books 
And then you got to prove that you read them. So only the people who can read those books and effectively pass tests, um, which would be like randomized and check. Nobody so could like. It's going to wind up with a summarized Proust competition. Yes, ideally. Or even a debate. And then you get, but if you and win that you debate, get, you, you, get you literally pizza. get, you get like 50 pizzas or you no, get no, like. No, no, no. This is, that's like third or fourth tier prestige. You only get the one extra large pizza and four toppings instead of two. That's no, that's what I'm saying is like the crown jewel would be like getting like 50 pizzas or like one person every three years gets a chance to have a lifetime supply. It's a continual, eternal supply of pizza, but you have to defend your title. Oh. Every three months. Hell yeah. You gotta, like, you gotta get your pizza license renewed. <laughs> I would totally, I would totally watch that, or follow it, or even be a part of it. I'd, I'd watch a movie about that, for sure. Alright, there's our next movie idea. Nice, um, dude, log that. Calvin, do you want to recommend something, or should I go? You should go. Alright, first, I'm gonna do a mini re-recommendation, because I'm pretty sure I've recommended it before, but Psych, the TV show? Oh, yes. Yeah, I started re-watching that, and despite its age, having first season come out in, like, 2004, it's still pretty, it still holds up pretty well. Um, what did you, wait, what made you, did you start, like, re-watching this? Yeah, I just started re-watching like... it. Nice, okay, yeah. Um, but a lot of the humor holds up pretty well. And it's been fun while I'm eating lunch. But my more serious recommendation, or like slightly, my new recommendation of a new thing, uh, is the band Daisy the Great. They're a up-and-coming band. Uh, they recently collaborated with AJR on the song Record Player. Uh, they did the song Record Player and then did another version of it with AJR. Um, but their album, I'm Not Getting Any Taller, is from 2019, has 11 songs on it, and despite it being, like, it's a little more pop than I usually do. Like, a little mm-hmm. bit more that just, like, generally catchy and repetitive, not necessarily the most, like, complex music out there, but it's very almost like fun and earworm you know like it just gets into you and you're just like bopping along to it how would you so you said it's pop like how would you describe it like do you have any like uh corollaries or comparisons um uh no damn (laughs) the best like in, in the most generous way possible it's like if a couple of high schoolers wrote a bunch of songs but then had the production level and the rewriting editing of professional level musicians, if that makes sense. Okay. I mean, that sounds kind of fun at least. Like it's fun and it's like, it's well done, but it's again, kind of that weirdly like young adult, because they're not too far off our own ages, relatively speaking, as far as I know, but it's like, again, not the most, deep complex songs but the music is really good and then the lyrics are catchy and a little repetitive but really like they just stick with you hmm. oh yeah yeah and again that album was uh i'm not getting any taller they also have really great like titles 
for the, like they do one word usually one word titles but some of their multi-word titles are uh the last two songs are tired of me and time to fall which is great i think in terms of titles but like their third song in the album is just called dips 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 they're gonna, oh, yeah. they're gonna go listen to dips dips i can't wait uh, what would you on the like what would you score them out of 10 so far from what you've heard um so far i'd give them probably a seven six and a half to seven out of ten they're relative again they don't have a huge discography um because mm-hmm. they only have the one album and then some singles and eps but i think they're up and coming and that as it like if they keep going they're it, i'd say it's almost kind of like ajr ajr did all right with their first album like obviously they did all right with their first album they're a famous band much more famous band, but like the album, I think a lot of people came on to AJR was their second one, Click, which is where Burn It Down, Burn it Down was, and um, Week was off of. So like the songs that everybody kind of caught were on that second album, and I think this is another case of that in my very limited, unexpertised knowledge of music, where like if they put out another album, there's a chance it could catch the same way. That's uh, that's not a bad review, honestly. But yeah, I also didn't have tons of time to watch new movies, so I figured I'd try and start doing some more music instead, because I need to oh, start exploring music more. Uh, yeah. It's your turn, Calvin. Uh, I guess I'd have to go with, I've been watching uh, my new kind of like, show that i just chuck on for like noise and stuff is i'm watching uh castle oh really yeah i'd seen like episodes before i don't remember how much of it i've seen before just started like just powering through it in order and i'm like almost i'm like three quarters of the way through the second season i like nathan fillion and like and like cop crime shows are like my guilty pleasure i just will like I could just watch like almost any one of those. Like I don't know why. Like it, they're super formulaic. They're super simple, but it it just works for me. I I grew up watching um the TV show that I would always watch every week with my mom was uh CSI, like the original CSI in Las Ooh. Vegas. Like we would watch it every week um for years we would we watch that uh i probably shouldn't have watched some of those episodes as young as i was they got a little <laughs> questionable at times yeah. but um yeah my mom and i i don't know why we just always liked my um that uh we would watch uh ncis um and stuff like that so i i mean there's the most basic of american tv shows i would say is like drama i honestly don't know why we're so obsessed with it um it's probably a sign of something bad but i don't know uh, some I'd other some other psychologists a, can break that down it's mostly just a drive to see heroes win and bad guys go to prison and reassure us that the world is safer than it actually is yeah but yeah, also i don't the, know the reverse is true that it implies that there's a lot more dangerous crimes happening yeah but yeah i've been enjoying castle i mean i like nathan fillion um, I like his character in the show. It's, it's fun. Yeah. So, yeah. I've caught, an, I caught like an episode or two 
a few years ago. It was pretty good. They just they just added the whole series to Hulu, so that's why I've been powering through it. Nice. I've always been confused regarding Castle. Can you clear that up for me again? Like, what is it yeah. exactly? Like, what's the actual setup? Because I know it's like a crime sort of show. Yeah. But I was always, like, interested as to what the actual, like, specifics of it were. So basically, Nathan Fillion plays the character Richard Castle, who is an equivalent to a... Um, Oh, what's his name? What's like a big uh, real life crime novelist? Like, uh, uh, it's like the go to name. James Patterson. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> he's basically a James Patterson kind of guy with like, uh, you know, his series, Alex Cross. He has that like one yeah. guy that like each book is kind of its individual book, but it's like a series with the same character kind of deal. Um, he has basically that. And he gets bored with his character. So this is all first episode. So he gets bored with his character. So he's like, yeah, screw it and kills him off. (laughs) Um, And while looking for and he's in the middle of writer's block, he is a suspect for a murderer that is copying scenes from his books. Um, And so he's just like, ooh, this is like awesome because he's kind of like – like narcissistic but in like the fun like in the fake way that you can make that fun (laughs) um yeah in the like the tv show tony stark kind of way where you can make that kind of fun and playful um so i I can see fillion carrying that person like persona like well yeah yeah and and so he's able because he's like this big rich famous author guy he's able to call the new york city mayor and pull strings to be able to be like a consultant with the detective on this case and then he's um basically the series is that's just what he does now is he's a consultant with this detective because he's got all of this like crime um information from studying uh criminal psychology and forensics and stuff for writing for his books so he's actually relatively knowledgeable in this stuff and he's got like that writer mind so he creates these like insane scenarios which because it's a tv show half the time are actually close to accurate and he helps (laughs) and he helps this uh, detective basically and he bases his new series off of her and obviously there's like romantic stuff between the two of them but like how how does the show age uh i don't know i'm a terrible judge of that stuff no it's fine uh, i'm sure it's problematic in many ways um, no i don't mean it like that i mean like over the course of the show like how does it like internally like how does it kind of progress as a show and like how in your oh, opinion like uh like, i don't know I mean, like i've never actually seen it that far oh okay Interesting. i've just always kind of known of it and seen bits and pieces of like the first season or two um so this is like my first time actually just sitting down and going through it we'll see if i actually get through some of the later seasons i assume that they end up together as as like all of these dramas do where the like between the with this dynamic um they always end up together so i assume that's gonna happen at some point yeah probably it, it sounds fun though like I Nathan Fillion is like one of those actors I feel like I should hate sometimes, but I do find myself like enjoying quite a bit. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. he's like yeah, he's he's one of those fear few in my opinion. Like, I mean, I, I call him a Joss Whedon for multiple reasons. He's one of the few like 
ones like that where I'm like, you know what? You're like, actually, I actually really like uh, the stuff that you're able to pull off. Like, I find you like an interesting. Uh, like, if he was two uh, shades more of like a jerk, you'd hate him. But he's just towing that line where it's like, all right, all right, Nathan, you're good. Yeah, and he's like, he clearly, to a degree, like, it's funny because he's played some, like, very, like, you know, Firefly's great, but it's also, like, very much kind of, I would say, under perception, like, a somewhat campy show at times. Yeah, or at least, very like, much. But that's what makes it so, that's what makes it and him so, like, ultimately charming is that he really is kind of, like, to a degree from what I've seen, kind of the heart of that show. Um, and like, I don't know, like it, all the other stuff I've seen him in, whether it's like, cause I've seen like one or two bits of castle. I've seen him in like other like cameo appearances. Mm. I've seen him in like Dr. Horrible sing along blog. And like yeah. in everything I've seen him in, I'm, if it, you're right, RJ, like if it was like two shades a little bit more turned up i'd be like okay like i'm kind of sick of nathan fillion but like it never quite reaches that for me and i find myself going back to him like time and time again i so, I, I would say if you want to see like what nathan fillion is like really like you should watch his either um castle uh, or um his current show the rookie which i've seen a episode or two of which i don't know i just that one never grabbed me um, because he's more of a, a castle. What is it not just a castle spinoff? No, it's not. So the rookie is his current show where he's like a 45, 50 year old dude. And he's in the, and he's just like, I, I, I think he has a high school. To, I, I, he's got like a high school diploma and that's it. So I don't think he went to college and he just kind of like, was just like a blue collar worker and just like that. And he was just kind of like, okay with his life he didn't think he never did anything important or like meaningful with it and um again this is all the opening episode which is like the only stuff i've seen from it like he in the opening episode he's going to the bank um just to go to the bank and someone robs the bank and he's in the middle of it and he is able to like talk down the guy that's like robbing the bank or like he does some stuff to help like foil the bank robbery and he's like I'm going to become a cop. So then he goes and so then he becomes a cop in LA and goes to the police academy and just like is this like 45-year-old dude with like a bunch of 20-year-olds coming out of the academy. That's neat. That's fucking It's an interesting premise. He's got to get their retirement benefits. Let's see here. But yeah, I would say watch either of those shows. Um, honestly, I, I would recommend Castle more because I enjoy it. I haven't seen much of The Rookie because he's definitely a driving force in Castle. Whereas mm. the, it sounds like the other things you've seen, he's never really been an actual main main character. And I would say Firefly is good for that as well because he's definitely one of the main uh, a main character. But I would say Firefly is because. Um, it's a little bit different than some of his later stuff. He's got, he's got definitely goofy elements in Firefly, but he plays a lot more of the stern captain in Firefly. Um, so his more later stuff, he tends to be a little bit more, uh, goofy and stuff. Um, and also in Firefly, I personally think it relies heavily on the dynamic of just everyone on, in that show to make that, that makes it work. So I would say if you really want to see Nathan Fillion, I would suggest Castle or The Rookie. 
Okay. Oh yeah. I didn't know either. I was I'm just looking up the cast of uh the rookie. I had no clue that um Brandon Routh, who is uh, he was Superman, but he was also in Scott Pilgrim. He's the vegan. Yeah. 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 I, that he was in the rookie. That's really? uh apparently, I guess he is. Funny. I'll right. have to check that out. So a question before you for you question for you guys before we get into our next segment. Have you guys heard of this bones thing? This bones no bones? Bones no bones? The pug so. on TikTok. Bones no bones. What is this? Are is are we officially old? No, no, uh, yes, but also <laughs> apparently there is a TikTok. I'm gonna go to NBC to read about this TikTok <laughs> trends. This TikToker has a pug that is like 12 or 13 years old. That every day he goes and picks up the pug to have it sit. And if the pug stays sitting, it's a bones day. And if the pug flops over and lays back down, it's a no bones day. Because the pug doesn't have bones because it laid down again. I feel like I have seen this trend somewhere. I feel like I need a clip. This has made its way into the Pentagon. Because people have been using this like a horoscope to determine whether it's a good day, a bones day, or a bad day, a no bones day. And in the Pentagon, before a briefing, the, like, general or whatever said, along the lines of, it doesn't matter if it's a no bones day, we've got work to do. I was, I was really hoping he was going to, like, pick up Joe Biden and see if he was (laughs) And and then it's like, (laughs) ah, dang it, he fell over again. (laughs) It's a no no bones for 180 consecutive days. (laughs) Come on, Joe, just one. (laughs) Joe, you got to sit up for the camera one time. Joe, sit up, Joe. No, that'd be, um, I could see them. That's interesting. Those, uh. That sounds like someone whose kid talked about it, and then he was trying to be like, yeah, I could be hip with the younger generation. It just scares me how much people are relying on this No Bones prediction to run their days. Like, well, people rely just, on horoscopes and stuff. Y'all are just deciding it's going to be a bad day because some dog decided to lay down. We just like, decide there's going to be six more weeks of winter because the groundhog saw his shadow. That's yeah, science, that's Calvin. Got history. <laughs> that is science. There's, there's due that to the is, rotation of the Earth and the position of the sun. There's a science to the groundhog seeing his shadow. It's dog in clouds that day or not. Intertwined with America, my goodness, the DNA of the our Groundhog country. Day has weather patterns that will indicate spring or no spring. The groundhog is just a fun way of figuring that out. This dog is in controlled lab conditions where there are no external factors acting upon it, except for it to either sit up or lay down, which means it has no impact on your day, except if you believe that it will be a bad day because the dog decided to take a nap. Which means it does have impact on your day. Because you chose to let it. I just, I fear for us as a species. Oh, you should anyways. We are choosing to let a pug be our god. We're gonna be all right. We we've chosen other things to be our god and like god, and usually, like god. <laughs> usually those things stick around. You um, just reminded me of. Have you seen this? Um, you, the, the whole like there is no god. It just uh, reminded me of a meme I saw on Reddit today that I've seen a couple times before, and I always enjoy it. It's like a picture of a cat on top of a telephone pole, 
uh-huh. and there'll be like uh there'll be like a title to it or some like con for and it's supposed mm. to be about being superior or something and it's just like uh there is no god i, I see no god up here but myself or something <laughs> like that <laughs> I, i'm gonna find him <laughs> oh so oh, i yeah. always love with the uh, when twitch was playing pokemon in its first red and blue version there was the uh like the, each of the pokemon wound up getting their own cult followings as they joined the team and there was the what is a uh what is a mob to a king? What is a king to a god? What is a god to a non-believer? <laughs> Hold on. Oh, there we go. Cat. It's the uh, I see no god up here other than me. Is it that one? Yeah. Yeah, I just posted red it. Red murder cat. It's I don't know. It's very simplistic, but I really like that one. I I like that. I always like the ones that are a little bit. Um, Little abstracts, but still retain a sense of grounding. That cat is on a telephone pole, and it has used one of its nine lives to get there. Although, yep. I I will say, I've said it before, my favorite, one of my favorite memes of all time is Heavy Breathing Cat. I That's a great it. one. That is I, a great I, one. I love that image so much. <laughs> heavy Breathing. Oh, it's so I also cool. like the cat in the newspaper. <laughs> the, the cat... Hold on. Oh, where it's sitting at the table, it's in the business yeah. suit. Yeah, yeah, business, yeah. Cat. <laughs> business cat's also a classic. Fuck, we are old. We're talking we about. Are old. We are. We're old. talking about lol cats, dude. My God, we don't uh, have lol cats. No, for lol cats are. I, I cannot believe. It. I can't ask cheeseburger James. is like. I can ask cheeseburger. James, it's up there. What's up? Do you have a TikTok account? I do not. I had Good. TikTok. On and off for about two or three months, and then I eventually And then you realized that it was illegal for someone your age to have a TikTok. I, yep, I was like, the Chinese might have me on numerous other offenses, but they won't get me on these ones. So I left. I, I felt, um, I felt like I was getting sucked in. Like, TikTok is bizarre, because, like, it is sprawling. Like, platform itself is huge. It's massive. And there are so many different, like communities and sub communities and all these different fucking things that are going on like it will be around for a while but also i it is like radioactive for your attention span like it is not good yeah yeah well i wait i have one more thing uh, i want to get into if we can before yeah, go for it. of course um shoot i had it prepared i literally had it just prepared it's gone what is why don't you do this? Uh, now I feel old. I have one. This is like when you stand up and you're like, all right, I'm going to go was it TikTok do related? something. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just sit back down. Was it me related? Uh, no, it wasn't. It was just something I wanted to talk about. Oh, um, so uh, I'm attending like this virtual conference at work because COVID sucks and you can't see people um, in real life still in mass conventions. Uh, but where, so it's through zoom, right? Yeah. And I, I, it's one of my pet peeves. It was before all of this, but it was more of a me issue, but now I feel justified in it. Um, and it's the, it's just people not understanding how to use like video conferencing software and like understand video calls and stuff like that. 
It's like, okay, it, it went, went before like everyone constantly used it. If you're not like if you're not a tech savvy person or make video calls, it's a new software. I it's like uh that's like I that's fair. It's annoying to me as a tech person, but it's like that's my issue. I can just deal with it. We've been in the pandemic for a year and a half yet now. How do you not understand how to use like video software like these like Zoom? Like, like, come on, everybody has used it a couple times by now. Everybody has shared their screen. And there's still people that are just like, like, oh, like, what do you do? And you have to walk them through baby steps. And it's like you go, you you take your mouse, you move it to your left. No, your other left. That's down. No, you, there you go. So the top of your screen. No, the top, not the right. The top. And it's just like, what? How is it this difficult? Is it just me? Am I just being a jerk? Like, no, it's not just you. Like, I'll put it this way: my mother is not the most like technologically involved person. She's it's not an interest of hers, but she figured out how to use the video software when the pandemic hit. Right? She figured it out because yeah. she had to. It's not like hard. use mute, share things. She struggled a bit on at the beginning, but now she's mostly got it. She might have a question sometimes about, like, hooking things up or, like, settings questions, but for the most part, it's pretty basic. On the other hand, there are still people who are struggling with their microphones and with muting themselves yeah. and with turning their cameras on, and it's like, really? Yeah, it's like, I get it if you start talking and you don't realize you're mute. That's just a thing. It's just like, oh, I forgot to unmute. Whatever. It's it's the whole, like, people just being like, I don't, what's, it? you have to what's an input it's like what how is this still a question after almost two years or like the issue that that was like triggered me for on this today was it was the middle of a presentation like you're a tech person presenting about programming and you can't figure out screen sharing oh yikes that's that's a rough one for the resume i mean the I guy was like 50 years 60 years old but it's uh, like what like what, also but it's like it, it just it, it's insane to me that people refuse to like even put in a tiny bit of effort after a year and a half to figure out because I'm not I, I don't expect them to be experts in the software. That's yeah. fine. You used it maybe once a month, once every other week or so. Yeah, yeah fine. I'm, I'm just it's like the basics, right? Being able to get in a call. Being able to turn on your microphone, turn on your camera, understand that the setting for input should be a... Like, you don't even have to understand what they do or what their names are. But is it really that complicated to just like, oh, my input isn't... They can't hear me. Maybe I should try a different input. Like, God. Like, I'm not being like... No, you're not. Condescending or whatnot, right? No. This isn't crazy. You're not I don't crazy. think so. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I think it's mainly just like people, like one, people were uncomfortable with this type of technology before this hit. And two, now all that video conferencing really reminds them of is the pandemic, which is something they're trying not to think about like every day. So like there's going to be a big block with a lot of people like in terms of this tech, because again, they already naturally were apprehensive and now they have another reason like why they don't want to use it at all. But also at the same time, it's like, all right, guys, like literally just like learn how to use it. Like we all got to do stuff that we don't want to do or that we're uncomfortable with. Like, I mean, right. 
if you don't want to use it, that's fine. But then like that, that's like, I don't know, like then you shouldn't be in the office. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, like it's a work thing. Like, like you figured out how to function in your daily life beforehand. Like you didn't just rock up to a car and be like, well, this is complicated. I'm just going to not figure it out and just floor it into this telephone pole. Like yeah. it, no. things are hard sometimes, but you put in like minimal effort and it usually works out fine. <laughs> well, cause the equivalent for them would have been like 30, 40 years ago. If they had like an older person at their office who was like, how do you use this rotary phone? And it's yeah. like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, you, you, like you like, know that you're like 50, but you don't know how to use like a telephone. Like it, this is like, yeah. we need, we need these to do our job. Like <laughs> I don't like, I hate to be a prick, but it's like, dude, I mean, there is a certain point where they take your license away kind of for being old. So, like, mm-hmm. if, if you're not, like, if you can't do this, like, it's not even, like, because there's a big difference between, like, you don't want to do it and you're, like, intellectually and or physically or whatever incapable of doing it. Yeah. Those are two very different questions. One of those can be solved just being a putz. Another requires a deeper level conversation. So, and that's something that's uncomfortable because like no one wants to try and practice at something they they know they're bad at. But, but you know how you get to Carnegie Hall? Uh, 50 bucks for a taxi cab and a couple hundred bucks for a seat ticket. Practice. But that too. You're right. Uh, (laughs) I agree. But yes. Don't bribe the usher. Well, I mean, you can get to Carnegie Oh my God! Can I say no, Carnegie Hall? Anyways, our next Carnegie segment: How to be a better buddy, where we give some real and some humorous <laughs> advice. Our first question this week: Why do so many men not wash their hands after using the urinal? With the further details, I can't be the only one noticing guys just walking by the sink like it doesn't exist after using a public bathroom. Depending on the public bathroom, I honestly think touching anything in there will make my hands ten times more disgusting than if I just walk out. Yeah, it's definitely just sometimes like uh, I, I actually I do try to wash my hands like pretty yeah. frequently, but the t- the times I haven't, it's literally just been laziness. It's just been like yeah, I don't really want to. <laughs> like, oh, so I'll, I'm the I'll weird be- one out, I guess. Where I always, well, it, always, well, no. There are there are bathrooms where it's just disgusting and it's like I don't even want to stand in here. There is no mainly bar bathrooms. If it's at like a if it's at like a more public place like just at a restaurant, yeah, I'll wash it cuz it's usually really clean and it's just like okay, this is fine. But if I'm at like are it's like I I don't want to breathe this air in this bathroom. It's disgusting. I am not touching the sink why is it that the sink is almost always clogged overflowing and there's just like wet paper towel everywhere it's disgusting i don't know i know i just Just, well yeah i mean like i've heard i because it's weird because i've heard some people say that like compared to men's bathrooms women's bathrooms are divine and then i've heard other Mm. people say that like women's both sides yeah yeah i've heard people say that women's bathrooms can be like like literal nightmare worlds, like just well sanitary devices everywhere, just fucking disgusting. Clean your act up, women. God damn. So damn. sometimes it's because the bathroom is just so absolutely horrendously disgusting. But uh, just wash your hands. Wash your hands. Wash your hands, at folks. Least, 
at least four times a week. You, That's a small number, James. It well, is. I, I would I would also say though, like how when's the last time you washed your cell phone? Don't don't ask questions I don't want to answer. Because <laughs> yeah. you hold that with your hands all the time. You set it down pretty much anywhere. A lot of people will take it into the bathroom and set it down on like the toilet paper roll holder or like the back of the the toilet and stuff like wow. that. And it's just like it's just that's even more disgusting. And then you put that up to your face. One, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, cool. And two, I have hyperhidrosis, <clears throat> so my hands naturally self-clean my cell phone. I don't know that that's how that works. I'm gonna pretend it is. <laughs> Because the alternative is disgusting. Our next question. When do you stop referring to women your age as quote-unquote girls? With the further details, I'm 28 and I'm now consciously making a decision to refer to them as women. Calling them girls two to three years ago didn't feel too wrong, but now it feels childish. Yeah, I feel that. Like, if you're talking about someone and it's just like, like our age, it's just like, I don't, it's like, yeah. Because if it's like you say a Depending on the context, I feel like you just be like, oh, girls, it's just like, I feel like that's okay. But then at the same time, it does somewhat feel childish. Yeah. I really, I have like strong opinions on this because I wish, um, I wish, let's hear them. I wish the term gals had not fallen out of like popular style. Bring it back. That is, James. It, it, that is the like, one-to-one equivalent of like guys like it is it is gal and it is like the in-between between like girls and women much like how like guys is the in-between for boys and men but for whatever reason like gals just did not uh did not make the cut linguistically um i do not know why i think it's probably because it sounds a little bit awkward doesn't sound as pretty uh perhaps um and i do mean that genuinely like calling someone a gal, it kind of makes her sound a little too old. Like it sounds almost older than women. Um, but I don't know another word. I know another word, but I also agree. Like it is awkward. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah. what do you say? I work with a bunch of people who are like 23. What am I supposed to say to girls in my office? It's like, yeah. Cause then it, cause then you're in the scenario of like, I would uh, refer to the, the males in my department who are like in their thirties and forties, I'd say, yeah, there's a couple guys in my department. Yeah. But if there were like people of like women of the same equivalent, I wouldn't be like, Oh yeah, there's a couple girls in my apartment. <laughs> You'd be like, nah, uh. I'd say there's a couple guys and a couple. Like, yeah. yeah. The women it's like that weird, awkward thing. <laughs> the female will just refer to everyone as female or male. Women sound so like uh, it sounds so like formal. It sounds very stiff. Sounds very a little too. You could sterile. always go with the sleazy ladies. Oh, that's true. You could say there. Are, yeah, but ladies is like more for women that you like don't know, and that's always almost ladies is almost always said. I feel like jokingly. Ladies. Yeah. All, that's all I can think of when I hear the word ladies is Mungdal from Chowder. That's all I can. That's the only thing <laughs> think of like someone saying it. Like, uh, lady, you want to see me do squats? <laughs> there you go. Just always refer to them as ladies. and But you have to immediately ask the question, do you want to see me do squats? 
want to see me do squats? Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, there are a few like ladies, that. do you want to see me do squats? In the department the other day, like, asking about <laughs> this project. Oh, it's like, yeah, like, you don't inf- at all. It's like just another piece of punctuation, so you have to, like, speed through it. <laughs> yeah, it's a vocal tick. You always have to do it. <laughs> yeah, I work with, That's like, sad. three guys and four ladies. Do you want to see me do squats? <laughs> I like that all. <laughs> I should. I'll start doing that for sure. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. There's You're this confuse lady a lot of people. I'm taking out to a da- on a date on Friday. <laughs> what you say? I said, yeah. There's this, so- there's this lady. Do you want to see me do squats? And I'm taking out on a date on Friday. <laughs> he's so mysterious. I never know what he's saying. Never. How many more squats will I have to do? <laughs> My time is no longer measured in minutes and seconds, but merely by the amount of t- distance between one set of squats and the next. <laughs> All ladies. Finish the sentence. You want to see me do squats? Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Our next question. How often do you take yourself out on a date? With the further details, take yourself out, have some steak, enjoy some beer, watch endless Sunday football. I tell you, yeah. nothing beats it. Normalize taking yourself out. Take them out. I believe this is what's known as a self-care just a day. Sure. You're just choosing not to use that language. Yeah, wait, wait, wait a minute. So are we talking like, I mean, I've got, you know, I go to the bars sometimes on my own, but I don't really count that as self-care. It's honestly quite the opposite. So yeah, <laughs> um, it doesn't count. Um, but I do have a I think I that can count if that's your thing. I guess it depends on I, how you're on the night, doesn't it? It's, it's that too. It's uh. My my routine, honestly, is on Saturdays. Like, I wake up, I go to a diner, uh, I have like a coffee and a cocktail to take the edge off the hangover, and then I go to <laughs> well, <laughs> a little hair of the dog, <laughs> little hair, just a little hair to the dog. I, I just you gotta pull a spike, prairie oyster. I oh. Oh. I've done it. It's not bad actually. Really? It, oh, damn, that does sound like. Do you uh, want to just... tell us what a prairie oyster is in case anyone listening doesn't know? Uh, raw egg yolk, uh, Worcestershire sauce, pepper, freshly ground pepper, um, dash of uh, sauce. I use Tabasco, and then if you're gonna add a little hair to the dog, about half an uh, half an ounce to an ounce, so about half a shot to a shot of gin. Well, that um, that's not you can what either I do it referring you, to. You can either do it with or without the gin, but the gin adds a little hair to the dog if you're trying to get that hangover cure. Ice, ice. I thought the uh, I thought prairie oysters were. Oh no, I'm thinking Rocky Mountain oysters. That's what. Yeah, I was that's thinking. bull testicles. Yep, yeah. that's what I was thinking. <laughs> just think that's Cal's like go-to hangover. He's just got a giant jar. Bull testicles. Yeah. Trust me, every time he, he brings to the coffee shop and just <laughs> apple. <laughs> no, but I and then what I'll do is I'll like after I'm done with the diner, like I'll go to this bookstore. I get some rose melange tea, which uh, is very nice, very calming. They give you like an actual little tea set, like a little glass tray, tea teapot, like a kettle, and then you. uh, It is the power. I get a melange. melange. He's the pass. But no, and then I this counter uh, because the uh, the cafe is on top of the bookstore, and it's on the second store, and I get to look down. Uh, there's this bank of windows. I sit at this counter and I just kind of read my book 
and I have my tea and I watch the world go by and uh, usually then I go grocery shopping then I go home. That's usually my like Saturday routine. That's my, I wouldn't call it a self-care day. I would just say like, just uh, nice recovery. to have like a little routine that you do. Yeah. Yeah. I realized a while ago in college that I had to go somewhere on my weekends other than mom and a bar. <laughs> hey, uh, we had fun. We did have, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. Um, no, I feel that though. My my yeah. weekend routine of like self-care stuff that when I, my best Saturday and Sunday mornings that I've had will be, I'll go to my cafe that I like. And uh, it, it's just one, it's just fun to have a place where you're unknown as like a regular. Like the, uh, there's the, um, cause I go to this coffee shop enough that I walk in and the guy's just like, sup. And he's like, you, and he just knows every time and like he knows my name he, i don't have to like, give him my name when i uh or order my stuff so it's just like uh super easy and chill i get my little breakfast sandwich and my tea and then i'll walk like six miles <laughs> so we are oh, all in. it's great i'll sit on a park bench watch the look at take, take a look at the, the birds traffic and crazy people wandering through the city Dude, people watching from anywhere is awesome. I fucking love it. I love it so much. All right. RJ, what about you? Do you have a day like that? Do you have um, a routine like I don't have a routine, but every once in a while, I will, like, try and just take a day or a, like, time period for myself where I will plan out a meal that I will particularly enjoy um, that may not be something I always I get normally, and then we'll engage in a hobby that I like it's it's one of my normal hobbies but I'll usually try and make it a point to spend a lot of time on it or spend a particular amount of time on it or like block off my time frame of just this is me and mine so even if it's just me doing my normal hobbies at a normal time and eating my normal food it's still me time and my time and no one's going to interrupt it time it's awesome our next question and this might be the best or worst question ever. What movie title slash franchise would work perfectly if it was rebooted into a sci-fi space version? Star Wars. Whoa! Damn, wait a minute. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> so Space Star Wars, where they start on Space Tatooine, and then they go to Space Moss Eisley, and Space Obi-Wan Kenobi takes Space Luke to the Space Millennium Falcon with Space Han Solo and Space Chewbacca? Pretty much. Yeah. They go to the Space Death Star? <laughs> Um, wait, does this have, so it can be anything, like it can be yeah. any series, anything? Pride um, Prejudice. <laughs> Space Pride and Prejudice. That. I was going to say the Bible. <laughs> Space Jesus. The Space exactly. Bible. <laughs> it's the Bible in space. <laughs> it's just a 45 minute shot of a Bible floating through space in front of a Hubble telescope. It's there. It's in space. We didn't lie in the marketing. We can't refund your ticket. <laughs> it's proof that aliens are religious. Whoa. The Bible was divinely sent to this planet by God and definitely not rewritten by the English in the 1500s. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to the man on the screen, idiots. Actually, wait. The Odyssey. The Odyssey would be... Uh, space Odyssey? I could definitely... 
Yeah, that could. I mean, that could be a. That could definitely be a space movie for sure. I mean, Treasure Planet is just space Treasure Island. That is very true. That is very true. So, if, what if we took Journey to the Center of the Earth, but it's Space Journey to the Center of the Earth? So it's Journey to the Center of the Galaxy. Oh, I would watch that. That'd be awesome. Or that's like, hmm. No, yeah, that's not exactly Treasure Planet because they obviously they go to the center of anything. Well, they do try to get to the center of the planet, but then they can't. Then they can't get there. Spoiler alert. Just trying to think of another space Casablanca. Oh, space Casablanca. Space Rose. Did you space? Um. Uh. Space what was the Rose? Kane? Was, yeah, Space Citizen Kane. Hell yeah. Space, um, I watched Space Catcher in the Rye. Space Inglorious Bastards. Oh, now that. Space Jangle wow. Unchained. Space Pulp Fiction. Ooh. That space Lolita. Cool. We're just adding space to the name of things now. I mean, that's all you need. Wait, what are you talking hey, about? Where's your company? All right, then. But technically. Once upon a time in Space Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Man knows me. <laughs> okay, but it, that one you've got a cyborg Bruce Lee, oh, who is like an oh. AI who thinks he's Bruce Lee. Oh, oh, so it's like an added layer because like Brad Pitt's character knows that he's not Bruce Lee, and the Bruce Lee AI might kind of know that, but he's still got like something to prove. Yes. Wow, that adds a layer of drama. Very well done, RJ. And How then... about? Obviously, the Manson murders are just the, like, a group of gene splicers who believe humanity should return to only genetics, no cybernetic parts whatsoever. Oh, free love, baby. I would also, I would say for a genuine answer, I'm literally just looking at books, like, around my uh, (laughs) library here. But one that I did land on that I think actually would make a good transition would be The Old Man and the Sea. Um... Because that book is basically, it's a guy, like, going fishing. I bet you could do something with, like, a space, I don't know, like a junk, like a junker or something like that. Like, some kind of scavenger. And he manages to get a hold of, like, a priceless treasure. And the story, much like the old man in the sea, is him trying to get back to, like, shore, back to, like, home base with it. And gradually he loses it um, until he returns empty-handed to his home base um, and goes to bed the same man he was uh, when he set out that morning. I would, I would watch that. That would be an interesting, at least take on it. Space Romeo and space Juliet. They've done that before. That's like fine. Space Hamlet. I feel like that's probably been done. Uh, I was like a Jimmy Neutron episode. That was Jimmy Neutron. I think it was Space Macbeth. As well. Space oh, you're right. Lear. It's Macbeth. <laughs> Space King Lear. Space King Lear. Actually, Space King Lear would be interesting. Because do you, you know the plot of King Lear? Yes, but for those who don't... What'd you say? Sorry. Yes, but for those of them who might not, maybe you should explain it again, just in case. As far as I'm aware, I like read a bit of it like early in college. Uh, King Lear is about... Um, it's about a king who's dying and he has to divide up his lands uh, between his three daughters. So the the story centers around um, these daughters basically kind of like and their constituent families like basically uh, kind of fighting for the right to inherit. It's either like 
it's going to be divided up or it's going to be given to one specifically. Um, and I can't really remember any of the like basics of the story after that, but that's the general gist. I would definitely watch, I'd watch something like that. I think that'd be interesting to see people fighting over like a moon or like a part of a planet would be fascinating. I don't know. What about space Batman? Space Batman? Space Batman. Isn't that? Space the Dark Knight. That's kind of. Oh. Space the Dark Knight with Space Christian Bale. I would do that if it wasn't like a galaxy hopping. Like if he like went. If the most space travel was like him going from like a planet to a moon or like a planet to like another nearby planet. Um, Or like a. I kind of wanted to just be the original, like the Dark Knight. But there's a quick scene of like the sur- this like area surrounding Gotham, and it's all super sci-fi high tech. And like you watch a space rocket launch up into space, and then it like zooms in on Gotham, and Gotham City is just exactly the same. The same as it, and uh, that actually be pretty good. I like that quite a bit. Um, like it gets imports and exports of like all this sci-fi material, but somehow like none of it manages to stay in the city. Well, because in, um, was it the Batman, what was it called? Was it the Batman Beyond animated series? I mean, it took place, there was a Batman animated series that took place in a very sci-fi. It was Batman uh, Beyond. Terry McGinnis was that, Batman being mentored by an old man, Bruce Wayne, who used a cane. That's it. That's the one. Yeah, I I remember because I had a book of all the different villains from that particular series. Uh, I got it from the library. I liked it a lot. Um so like sci-fi can go well with Batman, but I I like your idea a little bit better, where it's like Gotham is basically the same, but it's just kind of surrounded by like uh, sci-fi tech, um, and it like makes minimal contact with it. Well, we gotta let's do one more question because I think it's one we can give some solid advice on. It's what a long liquors? episode? What? It's a long episode. Yeah, <laughs> not that much longer. Perfect. We're only five minutes over at the moment. Perfect. Um, so what liquors slash alcohol should every man have in his house with the further details of turning 21 tomorrow and want to buy some alcohol to have in my apartment for when my college buds come over, what should I be buying? Oh, well, like that's like, you got to figure out what you drink because it's very much depending. Also, I feel like you don't need to have alcohol. (laughs) You definitely don't. My advice would be, from a man who enjoys drink, I a one of whatever, like a bottle at least of whatever your favorite liquor is, whether that's whiskey, vodka, tequila, whatever. Um, a bottle of the, like if you make a mixer with it, bottle of that ice, a bottle of wine, good wine for when special people come over, and then maybe a bottle of wine uh, for yourself if you ever want to crack it open on a weekend, plus um ideally like either a six pack or a 12 pack of like beer if you want to have beer and like pizza and watch a movie or something like that on the weekend now i do not have all of that in my apartment that is uh, that, is, that is a goal of mine i I, re- I only have maybe a quarter of a bottle of Tullmore Dew left uh in 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 my apartment um but my goal would be to have that kind of array so that you can kind of entertain a bunch of different uh, scenarios um, yep. when or the time arrives. That's what I would say. I would give that same advice with the addition of 
either a bottle of vodka or of gin. Just one of those two. Ooh. Just, like, yeah. have, have enough of a, like, s- supply that you can serve diverse tastes, but not so much that, like, you just have a wall of alcohol that you're not drinking. Right. Yeah, that's that's not a bad uh, that's not a bad idea. Alright. Well, Calvin, James, thank you for joining. Of course, sir. Thank Ooh. you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off Yesterday. You can find them on iTunes and Spotify. You can find us on iTunes and Spotify or wherever podcasts are sold. Give us a like, download, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Give us some reviews. And make sure you share the show with your friends, because how else is, are people going to know to listen? Um, you can share it through Facebook. Our Facebook page is Better Buddies. We have our Meme Mondays. We're also on Twitter, at BetterBudCast. Use the hashtag BetterBuddies when you tweet about the show. Or you can use our Google account, Gmail, BetterBuddiesCast at gmail.com. You can send us fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love and or war. Uh, if you have an icebreaker you want us to answer, or if you have a question you need some advice on, you can send those there as well. Last, but not least, be a better buddy. James, how you doing? Not too bad. How are you guys doing? You liar. Yes. Liar. You're a liar. Who I can are smell you? Smell the smoke called? from here. Pants on fire. Bootstrap building your fire, and you'll spend an eternity on this ship. Poor Stellan Skarsgård. What? No, I'm. That's from the second Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. Movie. I have seen okay. one full one Pirates of the Caribbean movie all the way through, and it was the first one. What? You haven't seen the Pirates movies? Okay. Oh my. The, the one time I was like gonna watch any of the others, we were at John's house. They put the second one on and then said, they, they got like 10, 15 minutes into it and decided, no, we like the third one better. We're gonna put that one on. Put it on for like 10, 15 minutes and then I had to leave. <laughs>